Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Biomass. We're in episode 232. Glad you could join us. We got a bit of a small crew uh, today, but uh, some good topics. Let's get started at the top of the list with Jason. All right, there. Let's see what we're talking to today. Looks like nerds on the field. Bring some Cheetos. Well, there's a lot of BlizzCon news. So yeah, yeah, nerds and Cheetos is about right. All right, Livy, you're up. Oh, let's see. I'm Livy. I'm the other host here and uh, Nova stuff, the usual yada yada destiny. And I am Pokey Draven. I help do the show here. And like Libby said, we do a lot of the Project Nova coverage over on YouTube and on our website. Uh, it's good stuff. You should check it out. But let's get started with uh, BlizzCon. So BlizzCon is Blizzard's uh, annual sort of big convention where they show off a lot of stuff. And uh, they had a lot of things to show off, which led to some cool trailers and some amazingly crazy uh, controversy that we'll talk about in a bit. So... Uh, first things really off, Overwatch. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Is it, is it really controversy, though? N- not, not really. But it's it's a lot of really, really angry nerds and um, a rather impressive ratio of up to down votes on a particular trailer on YouTube. So, like I said, we'll, we'll get that in a second. Um, the stuff that was good, though, Overwatch. Um, did you see the the new trailer for the new character, Jay? I did. Uh, that looks pre- that looks pretty slick. Uh, Ash, uh, she's kind of a uh, looks like an outlaw McCree-ish type character. Uh, uses what looks to be kind of like a high tech lever action cowboy rifle and a uh, alt firing like kind of double barrel shotgun for uppos. So looks pretty cool. As usual, like pretty slick animated short that rolled out. Yeah, no, those are always those are always fantastic. Lily was commenting um, just a bit ago before the show how how good they are at at their marketing. No, seriously, like I don't even play the game. I probably don't know in detail the story, but it it you know I see it. and I'm like, oh, I kind of want to play that. No, 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 you don't. No, you don't. Well, the thing is, like in the game, there's no there is no real story there, but what they are masters at is, like you said, that kind of offline or like non-game marketing campaign. And the the game environments for a fairly arcadey first-person shooter is just absolutely rife and saturated with all kind of Easter eggs, callbacks, and you know little things dotted around that explain things about the characters in the world that you really and I'm, I can't figure out how people find time to go hunt all that stuff down in the maps, but. Um, it, that that's what's in a weird way the genius to it is that the sto- the game itself is super stripped down to just the minute to minute match to match fighting, uh, but there's this really deep game world and almost kind of like story lore that goes with it that is some in somehow weird way just super accessible. I, I I'm not sure I, has Blizzard ever did they do this with all their games or is this kind of like an Overwatch thing? It's kind of an Overwatch thing. I mean, you usually get a more direct storytelling in, in their other titles. So this is, I'm not sure if it's new, but of the, the major ones that I know of, this is not normally done. And it's interesting, because is it fair to say, and I don't like comparing, but, you know, Destiny has PvE, but this is almost how they saw the Grim cart, Grimoire cards would be. You know, if they went with this approach, I think it wouldn't have been such a, a thirst for lore on there. Can you can you imagine? I mean, look at that! Look at the story world of something like Destiny, and imagine them doing five to seven minute clips of like you know the you know 
Shin Malfur's Hunt of Dragon Yor, something like that. I mean, that's like epic. That's like a two-hour movie. <laughs> I mean, they make they make movies anyways. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, that, that, I mean, like I said, you know, Blizzard don't miss much. They're 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 probably. Uh, I dare say they might be the most consistent uh, quality game uh, game outlet that's out there. I mean, you know, there's a lot of other game studios I really like a lot, but Blizzard doesn't whiff a lot. You know, I'm I, I'm interested to hear you guys take on the quote unquote controversy though. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. Um, uh, like I said, we'll, we'll we'll get to that. I I, I want to get to the, the other small little tidbits here. Um, so yeah, the Overwatch stuff was fantastic. Um, love their shorts. I think this is probably one of my favorites I've seen. I think the Reinhardt one is still like top tier, like my favorite. But this was 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 pretty good. It was good stuff. Um, Heroes of the Storm is another uh, Blizzard uh, thing they do where it's kind of a mashup of different characters and stuff from different universes and all of their franchises and it's kind of a top-down hero um moba game Uh, i don't really play it that much i know zelda's um but it's it's going pretty strong they also kind of showed off a new character at the convention um i think it's orphea yeah and I guess she's a little different in that normally the characters in this game come from the different franchises, but she's actually unique and original to the Heroes of the Storm world, which is kind of cool. They're kind of starting to kind of build up a little bit more of a lore about what's going on in, 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 in this nexus, this like centralized world where everyone else is kind of plugging into. But it was kind of cool. Um, good timing. It was kind of a spooky I, I know nothing about the character but it was kind of a dark magic vampire sort of feel so it was a good time to kind of reveal that around uh, halloween time so got a trailer for that one looks pretty cool and of course they've got kind of their dev video blog talking about uh, the move set and how she plays and that sort of thing um like i said i don't play heroes of the storm but it's it's a pretty solid game I, it's hard for me to get into that style of, of game uh, very much but if you do like mobas or, or want to try one out it's very accessible um they break down, you know, characters kind of like from ease of use, like easy, medium, difficult, expert, that sort of thing. Um, and it's, it's, it's very approachable. And they've got a good monetization model. So it's worth a shot if you want to give it a try. Um, but yeah, new character, new cinematic. And again, it's kind of a really cool art style. Check it out. Uh, World of Warcraft also got a new cinematic. This is kind of um, in the middle of their most recent expansion, uh, War for Azeroth. Um, Again, they do beautiful stuff. Um, I don't know anything about the story. Um, Zell is unfortunately not here, so he can't exactly explain what's going on in the world, but it looks really good. Um, you know, if you're following the series, it's definitely worth taking a look at. Um, and it looks like they're also releasing WoW Classic. So this is kind of the original WoW before all of the expansions came out. For quite a while, I know that a lot of players were setting up vanilla servers, like, you know, the original game unpatched and Blizzard kind of you know, stomped it out saying, hey, we don't want you to do that, but people really wanted it. So they came out and said, hey, we are going to release this. It is free. It's no additional cost. If you have a subscription to World of Warcraft, you can also play this World of Warcraft classic version um, as a separate client, you know, outside of, mm-hmm. of the updated stuff. Hey, Pogi, is that like a is it like a remaster or like an updated version of the original or just like straight up old code? You know, I'm not sure if the graphics have been updated or not, but it is kind of the old code. It's like if you bought like World of Warcraft day one before they added any of like the expansions, that's what you're getting, like the, the very original game. Okay, yeah, no, I was kind of curious about that. That struck me like I've been seeing a kind of a run of recent, recently of remastered games. And I was kind of, that to me strikes me as something to be pretty cool. It's like if you went back and 
did like a whole new fresh look at uh, something something like WoW, like the OG WoW, but you know, in a remastered version. I, like I said, I don't know enough about how the game works. That it, it may sort of already do that when they do expansions. I'm I'm just not sure. Yeah, the uh, I'm not sure if this is a full remaster on on World of Warcraft, but they are doing a remaster of Warcraft Three, which is the um, strategy game that kind of helped spawn World of Warcraft, you know, the online MMO. That one is a full remaster of of the third game, so it's called World of uh, War- it's called Warcraft Three Reforged, I guess. And they kind of go through and they show like how they've updated the models and that sort of thing. Um, it looks it looks pretty solid. I, again, not a franchise I'm too familiar with, but you know they've done a really good job of kind of bringing that up to what you would expect for a, a modern strategy game. That's pretty cool. Like, hey, that might, that actually might be something. Uh, you maybe later in the show we circle back to what's what game would we most like to have a full modern remaster? Not necessarily a remake, but like take what they got and actually uh, you know sort of bring it up to, to current current standards yeah yeah for sure okay so the uh quote-unquote controversy here so jay you're familiar with the game diablo right why yes pokey i am (laughs) (laughs) um so uh of the main diablo series they've released three main titles on um pc and i think i think three is the only one that was actually on console um i've played uh, two and three, and three on both PC and console. Fantastic games. I absolutely love that style of game. It's a lot of fun. Um, and so, word was going around that Blizzard is working on a new Diablo project, and people were like, "Sweet! It's been several years since Diablo three came out." You know, they had they kind of expanded a little bit, brought in new characters, some new stuff. They'd supported it really well, and people were very hopeful going to BlizzCon that they would see something about Diablo four um, or something along that line. So they get up on stage and they go, guys, we got a new Diablo project. It's, you're going to really like it. And people are like, oh, yes, it's great. It's called the Diablo Immortal. And they're like, oh, okay, okay. He goes, and it's going to be for your mobile phone. Uh, the crowd booed. Like, the whole stadium booed. It was it was pretty painful to watch. Um, the crowd reacted very negatively to this. Uh, they were not not a fan um, it looks like this is being developed in conjunction with NetEase. And if you're not familiar, NetEase is a major publisher provider for games in the Chinese and Asian markets. Um, and as we've seen with companies like CCP Games, uh, who came out and flat out said, hey, we're making mobile game, mobile versions of EVE because we want to tap into the mobile market over in China. Um, and we're also working with NetEase. Uh, you can imagine that the intention of Blizzard in this case was to produce a Diablo for mobile, primarily for Chinese markets, but they chose to unveil it at a Western convention um, where mobile games are definitely not as popular. So this is not what people were were uh, looking for, and it didn't go well. Um, I'm looking at the YouTube trailer. Let me see here. Yeah, so the ratio of upvotes to downvotes on the YouTube trailer is 100, sorry, 14,000 upvotes to 427,000 downvotes. It's getting, <laughs> yeah, it's getting like EA, you know, pride and accomplishment rating bombed on this. Like, people are really pissed. Um, so I was kind of curious in your guys' thoughts about all of this, if you think that their, their rancor is uh, justified or if they're overreacting or what do you guys think? I think they are experiencing the the um i don't want to say cruelty of the internet but the um the seriousness of their fans 
you know, so they're like, oh, you'll try this? No, backlash. So, but I mean, I feel like what they could have done, especially if they're working on the project that people want, is put out a snip of, hey, we're working on this, and then try to push the mobile game in there somewhere. Because they already expected backlash, but I don't think they expected to be whooped this bad. I think they had to draw, I think they knew they had to draw straws for whoever was going to have to go out there and announce it live. <laughs> right. Well, and they even said, we thought there'd be some backlash, but we had no idea it would be like this, like to this this scale, like people losing their collective shit. I, I haven't watched yet, but I think there's a video of the Q&A session, and a lot of the fans were just vicious in there because they went in to talk about, ask questions about the game, and they were just really disrespectful from, from the sounds of it. Um, I haven't gotten a chance to watch that yet, but it's a shit show. Um yeah. What do you think, Jay? You think fans are overreacting to this or what? Well, the short answer is yes. Um, I, I think dramatically. Now, this is not the first time this has happened, though. Uh, if, you know, you reference CCP games. Uh, there, there's been more than one, you know, game company in the last probably, let's say, year, 18 months, that has announced a significant foray in, into the mobile world. And in fact, if I'm not mistaken, I believe at the last, um, God, what was it? It was this year, maybe not too long ago. Might have been Microsoft or something like one of the one of the execs was caught in an interview saying, "Hey, I don't know if anybody's noticed, but like the numbers are pretty clear. There's a lot more people playing games on phones and tablets than there are consoles and PCs combined." Uh, and and if you think about it for a minute, it sounds like kind of a weird statement, but they're kind of right. He's probably kind of right. Um, so they're like, hey, a lot of games are going to go that way. And that's just that's that's where the market is. So I, I don't I don't think this is crazy at all. Uh, now, what I think is interesting, though, is how the blizzard who is usually, as we just pointed out a little while ago, very, very savvy with their customer base. I would have thought that they could have eased into this a different way. Like, if I'm a major, if I if I own a major IP that has never been in the mobile market, and I've got like a very entrenched fan base, I think like well before BlizzCon, I would have said, "Hey guys, we're making a mobile game about the game you love, so you can play the game you love everywhere." And then I would have, I would have like let that out a couple times, but I would not have tried to like bomb drop that out there. With what it sounds like, a lot of people thought that they were going to hear about the next version of a PC console full Monty game. I, now, I don't really know how much lead up to this, to BlizzCon, there was about, about it being on mobile. It sounds like zero. That's probably the only thing I can fault them for. But as a business decision or as a developmental decision, makes sense to me. I mean, I, I get it, you know. I mean, like I've commented many times, like the things I can do on my on on iPad Pro, uh, in terms of gaming, is significantly higher than than many of the computers in, that I've owned over the course of my life, frankly. So I get it. Um, but, I mean, my son plays Fortnite on his iPad, and he, and he does it well. So, like I said, totally understand. But I they probably could have handled the rollout a little bit better, and it kind of surprises me that they were that they maybe underestimated things that much. Uh, now, let me get let me get on to the to the fans, aka short for the fanatics, is that is the root of the word fan. Um, you guys need to like 
have a coke and smile and shut the fuck up and sit down. That is outlandish, their reaction to this. Um, and here's the thing. Look at the track record of Blizzard. By and large, they turn out outstanding games. Probably what's going to happen is they're going to turn out an outstanding mobile game about an IP that you like. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't be at BlizzCon. Be cool with that. That doesn't mean that they're not ever going to work on the next Diablo or keep iterating on what they have. They, they probably are. They're not crazy. Um, so I, I, th I think a lot of people just need to kind of like slow down with this. I want what I want and I want it now kind of thing. Now that's, I fully acknowledge that's the grand Torino in me coming out and I'm telling everybody to get the hell off my lawn, but there is uh, there is some reality there. You know, they, they are, they are making a decision and trying to do some different things. Like, Look at the reaction Bethesda got over Fallout 76. Not real great. Uh, the beta get is released. Um, they're, they're definitely a lot of things they, they got to sharpen up in there, but they're trying something new. They're trying something different. And you can say tablets and mobiles are dumbed down, whatever, but like I said, I, that is going to be where a lot of games are played, uh, I suspect, in the future, particularly something like Diablo, to be honest with you. Yeah, you actually said something pretty interesting um, back there talking about kind of the the ratio of PC and console versus uh, mobile. And so I'm actually looking at the numbers here. And in 2018, the global revenue of game sales, 51% came from mobiles, uh, 24 from PC, and 27, sorry, 25 from console. So you're looking at mobile having um, a, a little bit more, but just about even with the other two. The kicker that's is the, the combined. The, say again? That's the other two combined. Yeah, that's two combined. And the growth rate of mobile has been about 26.8% per year. PC and console, about 3 and 2%. So, I mean, you, you see this trend. PC and console, they're holding pretty steady. They've they're, they got a slight a slight growth on them. But mobile's taken off. It's, it's huge. Um, and, and I was curious. I'm like, hmm, I, I, you don't see that big of a jump, I feel, in... in mobile usage here obviously in, in the west it, it's it's definitely growing but it doesn't feel like it's quite that much so looking at the the, the, the distribution here so it looks like 52 percent of that growth is coming from asian markets in the pacific region uh, north america is about 23 latin america is about four and europe and the middle east and africa is about 21 percent so in the in the west only about a quarter of that growth is in the mobile market but you see this huge bubble in the Asian markets for 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 mobile, um, and I mean, like I said, I mentioned CCP Games. They came out and said, "Hey, we partnered with NetEase and we made a mobile game because we want to tap into the Asian markets because they they love this shit and we want to make money." That makes total sense. Like I cannot fault any company at all for seeing a market growing at twenty plus percent a year and not want to jump on that. So what they're doing is totally reasonable. Um, I think that. If you're if you know that you're looking at that that distribution though and saying okay it's a West Games convention, only about you know let's 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 roughly say 25% of of mobile market is in in the uh, in the West, it's probably not the best time and place to announce your new mobile game and like Livy said and not give that group of people at least a taste of what they're expecting you know um, I think it was just really really poor timing and I don't think that whoever decided to announce it then was really thinking because you, you that, that audience did not give two shits about the game 
Again, I don't think it's wrong at all that they're making it. I think it's fine. They're going to put out a great product. They always do. Um, but yeah, really bad timing on that. I mean, it would be like if we, if Livy and I were at um, E Vegas, CCP Games E Vegas, and they talked about Eve Echoes, which is kind of like their mobile version of Eve. They literally had to tell the crowd, "Please clap," because no one gave a shit. They're just like, "Okay, what, whatever, what, move on." You know, like, like they say, "Come on, let's be excited." And no one in that room cared, which is to be expected. Like they're there to play Eve Online on their PC. That's why they showed up. They're not going to give two shits about that mobile game. They might download, they might try it, but they're not going to be excited about it. If they had not followed up with, and here's the rest of the Eve expansion that you came here for, they would have burnt the building down and I would be dead right now because it would have been an absolute massacre. Like it was not a, a wise choice to sit there and give people something they don't really want and then say, and we're not giving you what you actually want when they've flown out to a convention to do it. You know, that's really bad timing on Blizzard's part. Um, as for the fan reaction, though, I understand being upset, but you, you guys need to calm down. Like, I get why you're frustrated, but Jesus, like, it's it's not the end of the world. Like, you need to chill out and understand why they're doing this and go, yeah, it was poor marketing. I'm probably not going to play it. I'm not going to be interested in it, but I'll be getting what I want down the line and honestly if you like the products that a company produces you want them to engage in endeavors that's going to make them money and help that company be you know successful so they can continue to make the shit that you want to buy so freaking out over them tapping into a very rich asian market to sell a mobile game is stupid because you're going to benefit from it in the long run and you need to chill out that's that's my soapbox sorry <laughs> any thoughts Livy? I think you you covered a good amount there. I got it. I got it. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, there's there's two sides to it. I mean, I think that when people come to the events, they are supporting the people they're coming. But there is a certain like, if they don't meet your expectations, I don't I don't know if their approach to showing how much they don't like it is the right way. But I mean, I don't know any other way that they would do it. Yeah. I I guess I, I guess the only thing thing I, I just sort of want to close this out on is. Is it? It's not really that bad. It's not a big deal. It, you can call this, in, in the grand scheme of things, pr probably a, a mild to moderate boo-boo on the part of Blizzard in the manner that they announced the game. That a lot of the people in that audience that were like flinging monkey poo at them will probably end up playing. They'll, they'll give it a shot at the very least. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if the game is free or not probably not but still if it's a mobile game it's probably pretty reasonable they'll they'll probably try it anyways just to complain about it but they'll still probably buy it as the that, thing that, no no see that's that'll be the funny and here's the thing and, and blizzard i think knows this you can you can face some some scorn and uh you know some you know digital sharp sticks in the eye so to speak but if the game's good and it rates well and people spend money on it it's going like people will be like, oh, hey, remember that time like a couple years ago? We all like like we're like throwing monkey poo at them for uh, putting out a mobile Diablo. Watch if the game's good and it makes money, don't care. You know, so and Blizzard, I think, is willing to take that bet. I th I think they're confident enough in their products and the work that they do that they're willing to to take that bet. Nope, totally agree. Okay, so let's move on to the other, um, well, I guess we'll call it a controversy. So you heard anything about what's going on with Rainbow Six Siege and their push into the Chinese market? 
Uh, no, I am generally aware that there's been some stir, but I, I, I'll be honest with you, I have not kept up gotcha. with it. So, as you're probably well aware, there is a lot of um, limitations to what can be in games when you're releasing in the Chinese market. They just they censor things in a certain way, um, and a lot of the products that you know we we watch and, and enjoy here in the West, um, you can't always translate it exactly to to China because they won't allow it. There's certain things you have to change. Um, usually, depictions of like symbols of death, like skull. Skulls, gore, um, uh, sexual references—they they they don't they don't allow that. So usually, what you'll see is when they release a game in China, they have to change some things, they censor a few things, and and that's what they do. Um, and it so far hasn't really been a big deal. So Rainbow Six is going to be making a shift to try to push a version of the game in China and other Asian markets. But the issue is is that there's a lot of stuff in Rainbow Six which. Um, is not going to work for the Chinese markets, but they want everyone to be playing together and they don't want to necessarily support two separate versions of the game with different imagery and that sort of thing. So what they're effectively doing is they're going to be going and censoring um, certain parts of everyone's game so it's compliant with the Chinese censorship laws. So, uh, for example, there's a map with um, like slot machines in it and you, you can't have gambling imagery in in video games in china so the slot machines are being removed some signs are changed there's another one where it's a like a neon sign outside a strip club you have to they, they they're, they're taking the stripper neon and changing it to something else um blood splatter on the wall they're removing that so as a player um not necessarily in china but if you're playing rainbow six you are going to see some visual changes to the game um, that are going to make it compliant with with the Chinese uh, censorship laws. So people are um, pretty pissed about this. They, they they feel like their game is being censored and toned down because of another country's laws, and they don't feel that's right. And I was kind of curious in your guys' thoughts on, on that situation. It's lazy. So let me get it straight. So there's not that there's. There is or is there not going to be two different versions of the game? There is not going to be two different versions of the game. There's going to be a single censored version that the whole world plays, including China. I think that what you're seeing is going to be more prevalent in the future. Like, I would reference you to our mobile mobile game uh, discussion we just had. So what's going to happen, though, is as games are being rolled out and built, Instead of localization being, let me let me get some new voice actors speaking Lithuanian or whatever. There's going to be a lot more consideration probably in terms of how will something play um, in X market, aka the Asian market, aka the Chinese Asian market. Uh, I I totally see that being a thing. That uh, it doesn't surprise me that games that are existing in a games as a service model. Such as Rainbow Six Siege, will will be mindful of that. I would point out that Blizzard in Overwatch, they are pretty smart, right? Like look at all the characters in Overwatch. Think we could probably find some from like multiple Asian countries? Yep, I think we can. They they go out of their way to um, be very inclusive in Overwatch. I mean, very inclusive. You've got literally something across the entire... you got the old white dude soldier like me, literally, uh, with, with hair about the same color as Soldier 76, for the record. Uh, 
all the way down to a you know somebody on the autism spectrum like in the game lore you know you've got a character like that's a, that's nasty so I, I think you're going to see more games doing this as they're baking the game rainbow six is trying to do it post and that is where it's going to be ham-handed and ridiculous yeah and i think that's that's kind of the big difference is it is when it's happening because if the game had launched with these you know the, these considerations in mind no one would have cared at all it, it wouldn't have mattered it wouldn't have made a difference um it's the fact that they're changing it that's pissing people off and i'm just like if they had made it like the way they're going to change it for the first place you wouldn't have cared it wouldn't have um it, it wouldn't have made your experience less enjoyable if they you know didn't have a skull on this one thing or they they didn't have a, a stripper on the pole for this thing you wouldn't have given a shit you know so the fact that you're being upset yes i understand it's, it's a little annoying when you feel like my game is being changed because of the laws of a different country but you're just gonna have to get used to it i think and i don't i don't really feel like you know this is worth freaking out over i mean it's it's kind of like you know it's a little annoying but it's not like i need to boycott the game and not play it because they're censoring my game it's like your experience hasn't degraded at all in a significant way you need to chill out you know it, it, it is it is additional money to support two different versions of the game you know I, I don't i don't think that you know you can fault the company necessarily for saying hey we don't want to have to work on two separate games because of this one law and they're just going to go we got one version that's what it is you know get over it so from a business side it's like yeah i get it it, it, it makes sense um from a player side it, it's, it's annoying but i don't think it's like game breaking annoying it's nothing to be worth freaking out over now i don't think that this one is quite as insane as the whole diablo mess but it is definitely out there that people are, are a little pissed off about this so that's just my personal thoughts what do, what do you think Libby? You you got my two words. Now, I think it's it's really hard because, you know, you don't know what constraints they were under um, when they came, made when they started creating this game, if they intended it to be in the Chinese market. And if they did from the beginning, they should have built in those differences as they were building it. I, I feel like it's like, oh, in hindsight, let's just patch this up. There's people who play the game that play it for a certain reason i'm not saying it's for the aesthetics but it's it's kind of like saying well because this person can't have this then everyone can't and you know that's not what people want to spend their money on probably i I don't know i guess we're gonna have to see how it really affects the gameplay if it does or the you know reception of the game well it's it's by the way i just accidentally hit the wrong service i probably like lost last couple minutes of uh discussion i are if you're still referring to rainbow six um I, as long as they don't start changing mechanics, the game will probably still be okay. But they're going to change a lot of the the realism pieces or the the things that aren't. I guess uh, it, it depends on what, what really they fall into, what's acceptable acceptable or not. Like I can I can see some issues with uh, some of the things that they're they've got in that game. That in terms of the tone, and I bet you there's going to be a Chinese like crack commando unit or something that suddenly makes its way into the game as a playable character here pretty soon then too. 
Of course, absolutely. I mean, they got to I mean, Rainbow Six has always been kind of uh, leans into the whole international police angle. I mean, that's kind of the whole thing. So, yeah, now they'll they'll definitely play it up um, for for that Chinese market and, and other Asian countries that are going to be getting this. I'm not sure on the details on exactly where it's going, but definitely this uh, a lot of these changes are coming because of the Chinese laws. Okay, so moving along real quick here. A quick thing I wanted to mention is that if you are interested in playing Destiny 2 on PC, it is free until November 18th. So if you go and download Battle.net, that's the Blizzard game launcher. Um, Obviously, Destiny is made by Bungie, but it's, it's distributed on PC through Blizzard's launcher. But if you go on there, you can log in, and if you accept it and kind of download the game to your account um by november 18th you will get destiny 2 for free uh to be clear this is the base game only it does not include the two expansions or the uh uh forsaken uh, big dlc but it does kind of get you into the game and you can do a lot of the stuff that came through with year one for free and then if you do want to purchase the forsaken expansion that does come with all of the dlc including forsaken i think it's 40 dollars still um definitely worth the money like i said i've 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 been a convert uh jay is responsible for converting me back to the destiny uh franchise um but the forsaken expansion is really quite good um so if you if you if you've got a good feel for destiny 2 you want to give it a shot um definitely worth your time to go pick it up for free on pc yep that's actually again they're they're pretty slick with this they, they're i think they're rolling out a gambit free trial on console here and we here pretty soon too if i'm not mistaken kind of like they did right before they launched uh forsaken yeah and and again gambit's a a hell of a lot of fun it's a very compelling game mode um definitely worth uh, logging in trying if you don't own forsaken at least try the game mode um i encourage you to uh you know pick up the 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 expansion full time which is of course the marketing angle but uh, it is very quite fun so you should give it a shot uh as a total five pokey living uh i've got malfeasance now Ooh, nice. I still need to get the actual quest to drop. Is uh, next week uh, full curse week? Yep, and according to uh, DMG, uh, it's going to be rain and meatballs. Rain and meatballs. Yeah, no, I, I, I want to get that one rolling so we can we can get going. The, you have to. Is is the gun like? What do you think of the gun so far? Um. So pre pre buff. Remember, it just got buffed like this week. So pre buff, it was kind of. I think people were a little underwhelmed uh, and that they thought it was going to be dramatically more powerful. Now, here's what I will tell you. I, I don't, because I, I don't know what it was pre-buff. I know what it is now post-buff. It, it is a lot like Trust. It's a 180 hand cannon. It's incredibly stable. So it's a fast firing, um, very, very stable, very little recoil. Like, very, like, you know how like Ace of Spades and some of the other ones, you know, like you get a big, the night could get a big recoil action on the screen. This is not like that at all. You just lay it on the target and just continue to squeeze the trigger. It's almost more of a sidearm almost in terms of how it fires. It it's a 180 and I think it hits like a 140. Um so in Gambit you do you can basically three tap an invader. Uh pretty good. So, now that doesn't play it. Now it's not. It doesn't do. It doesn't buff in the crucible or anything like that. But like in Gambit, uh, on the PvP side, you can three tap invaders. Uh, I don't like. I, I think outside of like an Ikelos shotgun, I don't know what else you do that with. Um, for the Taken, like it, 
absolutely blow torches through taken uh like big time so clearing blockers like like that's the that's the move if you get somebody that's got malfeasance and, and they're kind of like the on blocker control or something like that you know you're straight money it, it will absolutely eat through an, an ogre nothing fly right through the ogre um it does it's a kinetic but it does pretty solid damage to shields so I'm not sure if there's like some special sauce in there somewhere for you know against shields, but it does well. You can actually see the round stick on the shield and like melt their way in. It's pretty cool. Um, and the explosion that you get, the shadow explosion you get, it's very it's not very noticeable when from a visual effect, but you suddenly see like a quarter of a taken ogre's health bar fall off like instantly. Um, so you kind of know when it happens. So in in the in Gambit, it's, quali it's a quality exotic. Uh, is it enough to make you, you take some other? I mean, there's other exotic weapons you probably want or you might like before that. But uh, if you don't have some something like you know a thousand voices or something real high end, and you did pull malfeasance, it's very serviceable in Gambit. Works really really well. Um, so generally. Yeah, it's 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 definitely worth it. It's good to have, and I bet you it's going to be handy to have in future DLCs. Uh, and I, and if you take it into like a taken focus strike uh, or other other areas where it's very you know takeny, if you will, I'll bet this thing just wrecks shop. Yeah, I haven't seen much in in Gambit yet, but I saw a guy had it in Crucible, and he what really got me was that he was at a really stupid range well outside the range of the hand cannon, but he got the five shots into me and I just died because the explosion went off because, you know, it, it once that procs, it's pretty much your full health bar immediately, regardless of what the initial five hits did. So I haven't seen it a lot, but I, it caught me off guard because I'm like, oh, it's fine. He's way and I, I'm dead. You know, it was, it yeah, was kind of interesting. Yeah, he, he could be hitting you for like one day. He could be at the absolute end of his fall off range hitting you for like one damage point per round. Um, and if he sinks that fifth one in, bad news is lights out pretty much. But uh, so I, I would chalk this one up to, uh, and I kind of like how they do this sometimes. In some exotic weapons, they're they're a bit niche. So if you're fighting something with a lot of arc damage, risk runner. Skyburner's Oath is actually pretty solid. If you're fighting a lot of Taken or you like killing invaders and Gambit, this is pretty solid. It may not, it won't be the best all around carried everywhere you go exotic, but it's, it, it's pretty solid. It's, it's good. It's, uh, I've got the little ornament for it. Looks really neat. And the lore on it, by the way, won't spoil the lore tab for you. I know you can find, I know you can find it like two seconds on Google, but the lore tab just like I took that and then the, um, there's a lot of cool stuff that happens in the corrupted strike in the in the strike that you have to do right after you get the neat ball and you get the quest. Um, it's it's pretty cool. It definitely sets up where I am in extremely interested in the Joker's Wild DLC this spring. Like I'm already looking past Black Armory now. Like I want to know what's going on with the the Joker's Wild DLC, which is a Drifter and Gambit focused uh, DLC, just because of the way the Lord had read. 
Yeah, that's definitely what I'm looking forward to the most as well. I mean, I think that the Black Army will be good stuff from just from the leaks we're seeing, but Joker's Wild from a story perspective is I think that's going to shape a lot of what Destiny 3 is going to be be about, which is going to be pretty exciting. Yep, that sounds about right. Brother. Okay, so uh I tried the Fallout 76 beta. Um it was an interesting experience. So, uh, <laughs> first impressions, I played it on PC. Um, Performance-wise, the game defaulted to ultra settings, and it looked pretty good. Um, not what I would expect an ultra game setting to look like, but it was it was, it was was still pretty good looking. Um, but that put my frame rates around the 20s to 30s, which uh, is not, not too great. There's a lot of stuttering. There was a couple spots where... Uh, there was some volumetric stuff going on, like a, like a signal flare and the smoke coming off. I couldn't actually look at it without my system freaking out, and I had to look away and kind of scoot around it so it wouldn't, it wouldn't freeze. Um, you can lower the settings and help the frame rate a little bit, but not, not by as much as you would hope. So the, the game definitely has some, some performance issues um, with uh, how it's running on PC at the very least. Uh, my first experience with it is the game crashed four times in a row. I could not get past the character creator as soon as I make my character. I, as Jay will, will, will attest, I, I will spend hours in a character creator. And I, I did a quick once. It took me like 45 minutes on this one. Got it just the way I liked. Typed in my name, hit enter, game crashed. Um, pretty much wanted to throw my keyboard across the, the, the room. So I'm like, okay. So I, I reload a couple more times and just tweak a few minor things so I don't look absolutely hideous um, game crashes. I was finally able to get in just by not changing anything and just accepting whatever default it gave me, uh, realizing you can actually change your appearance later, which is good to know. But uh, yeah, a lot of crashing issues early on. Um, the guy I was playing with, uh, my brother and uh, a friend of mine named Seb, he had no sound in game. Like he could not get the sound to work. It would kind of come in and out. Um, just a lot of a lot of really weird glitches like that. Um, it, I didn't experience a, like the game breaking glitches that you're hearing a lot about from you know uh, YouTubers and that sort of thing with like the world exploding and big texture issues and like angled stuff and these hard freezes and, and, and this sort of thing. But uh, it, it had some weird issues with it with kind of the stability and just kind of how it was running so on uh, a performance uh, angle the game is uh, it needs a lot of work um, it's it's not it's not what i would um hope to see for a final release game and this game is coming out in, in less than two weeks now i think february 14th is sorry november 14th is the launch day so you're looking at 10 days here at the time of recording and it there's a lot of issues with it and, and I, I think that the fact that they're still using the same engine from God, they fall out three. It's starting to really, really show that this it's just not built for what it's trying to do, and it's having a really hard time. So, for performance wise, it's it's not looking so good. Um, in terms of like how the general game feel was, everything feels kind of clunky. Is kind of the best way I could describe it. The menus were difficult to operate. They have some really weird default key bindings. Um, and I'm not sure if that's a, uh, a symptom of it being ported from, you know, a console version or how they did it, but it's it's very difficult to navigate a lot of stuff. And, and to be fair, I played Fallout 4 and 3 on console. This is the first Fallout game I've played on PC, but I had a really hard time trying to figure out how to do just basic things. And then I said some really weird key bindings, like the escape key was not back. It was open the map. It, and back was the tab key and like when you're backing out of a prompt 
you keep hitting tab to back out, but then you get to the final prompt that says, are you sure you want to back out? And if you hit tab again, it means cancel and it stays in there. Instead, you have to press space to agree to back out. It's, it's really weird. Um, it gets kind of clunky. Uh, a lot of the ways that they did the quests were also weird. So usually in, in kind of drop in and out co-op games, you group up and you're doing a quest and it's kind of like anyone in the party can complete the quest step and it will progress the quest. But for Fallout 76, there were some quests that seemed like they were that way. And then there were some that were like owned by the, the party leader. So like in this case, my brother was the party leader and I'm like standing in front of this water sample that we have to pick up and I, I can't pick it up because the party leader or the owner of the quest has to do it. So I had to call him over to pick it up. And then we run over to the terminal to analyze the water and I can't do it. He has to do it. It was just, um, I, I, I didn't understand the reason why they would have to do it that way. It seems very unconventional outside the normal, what you're usually used to in this kind of game. And it was just kind of frustrating. So I'm like, I'm trying to, you know, churn through this stuff and, and kind of get these quests completed to get some stuff. And it was just, it felt like it was more difficult than it needed to be. Um, and just other weird things that were just, they felt clunky. You know, that, that's like I said, that's the best way I can describe it is they didn't feel like they were very streamlined, um, not really polished. They didn't feel intuitive. And that was, that was kind of disappointing. Uh, the other kind of big thing is that as they advertised um, very early on, uh, if you're used to a Fallout game, you're typically by yourself with like a companion NPC character and you interact with people in the wasteland. You know, NPCs, uh, towns full of people, wandering merchants. There's, there's people in the wasteland, right? But for this game, there are no human NPCs at all. Every human you run into is going to be another player. And there's probably, I want to say, a couple dozen players per map. And the map is absolutely huge like it's it's a, it's a really cool looking map it's very big um but when you spread 24 people out over this map it's very empty um and the fact that you never run into actual people or like npcs is really weird like you'll find like a robot that like acts as a, a vendor and he'll sell you stuff but functionally it's kind of the same but it just feels very weird i think from a kind of narrative perspective that just that there's no one else out there um and, and i'm fine with fallout being a lonely game that's kind of the point is that you're you're wandering around the wasteland alone or or with you know a couple people but just from like it's like a narrative perspective it felt very weird and empty and i i don't know if i liked it it's something i could probably get over but just kind of first impression it, it felt strange um the way that PvP works is very weird. Uh, so it's it's kind of an opt-in PvP, sort of. So if I go up and I shoot my brother, I only do like 10% of the damage of my gun. Like it's a severely reduced amount of damage that I can do. And I can keep shooting him, but if he never retaliates, I can't... I, it, the PvP never really starts. I can eventually kill him if I keep shooting him and kind of slowly whittling away his health down and burn through a lot of ammo. And then there's some consequences where like I light up on the map and people can hunt me down for a bounty and the bounty comes out of my, my, you know, my, my uh, caps, my, my currency. Um, so there's a penalty for doing that, but I can't really engage in an actual fight unless he shoots back at me. Now, if he shoots back at me, now both of us do full damage and we have our duel and someone, uh, presumably dies and you know the cycle continues um the 
the weird part about this is that if I if I'm a single person, I walk up to a group of like four that are grouped up, and I shoot person number A or letter A, and he shoots back. Me and person A can do full damage, but because I haven't shot person B, C, or D yet. I technically haven't engaged in PvP with them. So when they're shooting me, they only do like, you know, like it's like 10% damage of what they should be. So I can kill person A and then go to person B while person C and D continue to shoot me, not doing any real damage, and like take on a whole group of people by myself if I'm smart about it. It's really weird. Um, it it kind of feels like they, they wanted to have PvP, but they didn't want to have like Division Dark Zone, Dark Zone PvP where you just get, you know, obliterated by someone randomly. And it, it just kind of feels unsatisfying on both accounts because if I'm a PvE player, I'm going to have people potentially running up and trying to engage with me and I just have to ignore them because I don't I don't want to PvP with them. Um, and they might kill me, they might get bored and run away, who the hell knows, but I've got some idiots shooting me, you know, for whoever how long it takes to, to do something. But if I want to PvP, I'm in his position where I'm going to run into people who are just going to ignore me um, and I can... I guess kill them, but it's not to my benefit to do so because I get bounties put out of my head. So it's just kind of this weird middle ground. And I don't think anyone's going to really be satisfied with it. They really should just have PVE servers and PVP servers. And that's it, you know, just segregate it like hard line, not this like sort of halfway down the middle thing. It doesn't feel good. It's really strange. I didn't care for it. Uh, another weird thing is the VAT system. So if you're familiar at all with Fallout, um, VATS is kind of this auto-aim targeting system where like, you'd activate VATS, time would slow down, you'd lock onto a target, and you could pick like different body parts, like the gun or the leg or the arm or the head if you wanted to cripple a certain part of their body. Um, and it would give you like a percent chance to hit. And you kind of would kind of turn to this almost like pseudo-turn-based thing where you're going to kind of, you know, what, what part do I want to shoot at? Kind of like an RPG style. Um, and it was it's very, very um, iconic for the series. The issue with that is that it's always traditionally either frozen time or slow time really far down. So you can kind of have that moment where you're selecting what you want to shoot at. That doesn't work in a, in a multiplayer game, obviously. So what VATS kind of turns into is you press the VATS button, it locks onto something, time still moves at normal speed, but it just kind of gives you like a percent chance to hit the target and you pull the trigger when you want and it will shoot for you at the target and have a predetermined chance of hitting or not. The goofy part is, is that if I'm aiming forward and I lock onto something that's on the edge of my screen, I literally shoot forward. The gun doesn't turn towards the target. I shoot for it and the bullet like shoots at like a 30 degree angle out of the tip of my gun and hits the thing instead. It looks really weird. Um, and it doesn't feel at all like that's, I mean, it, it kind of mechanically is, but not really. Um, and it wasn't really satisfying. It was just kind of like, okay, I've got AP I can lock on and just shoot this thing for, you know, uh, 60% chance to hit if I want, or I can just aim at it and do it. You know, it didn't really feel like it was giving that tactical feel that that's typically does. So that was kind of unfortunate. And that kind of comes back down to the core loop of the game. Like if you're a fan of the series and you're used to Fallout and kind of how it works, um, you know, you wander around, you gather stuff, you complete quests, you progress the story and you continue on. This game has that. There are, there's kind of like a main storyline. There's little side quests you do as, as you go along. You collect junk, you craft armor, you build weapons. 
Um, it, it, it it's there, you know, it, it's there. I, I, I'd be lying if I say it wasn't. Um, but it just feels weird. All these things I've talked about, it, it, it kind of comes to this like, yeah, I guess it's a Fallout game, kind of. But it, it feels like it's trying really hard to be something that Fallout isn't. And, and actually someone on, on Discord put it really well. He goes, I would suggest this game for anyone who doesn't play Fallout because it's a it's a solid game. It's got some issues they got to work on. But if you're a big fan of the series, it's going to feel really awkward and uncomfortable to play this. If you don't play Fallout, though, it's actually a decent survival co-op PvE PvP game. So, and I would I would probably wholeheartedly agree with that that it's it's a decent game, but it's got a lot of issues, and I don't know if they're going to be changing stuff or you know where it's going to be in a month, three months, a year. So, you know, I played the beta. I, I it's it's so close to release that I don't really buy the whole. Well, it'll be fixed because it's a beta. Like that's not a lot of time. If it was three months from now, maybe, but two weeks is is not a lot of time, and. Um, yeah, I, I think the decision that I'm going to have on this one is just cancel my pre-order and wait a month or two to see what people actually think about it. Like, where does the game go? What's the, the final reception of the full product? You know, when people really get a chance to dig in there and play for a long period of time, what's this game going to be like? And that's that's kind of where I'm at. So, you know, if, if you want my suggestion on it, it would be I wouldn't pre-order the game. I would wait it's it's got too many issues for me to feel safe as a consumer to buy this day one, and I don't feel like I'm going to be at a disadvantage if I wait a little bit. So um, I would probably hold off if I were you, um, but that's just kind of my thoughts on the Fallout 76 beta so far. So uh, other than had they not called this a Fallout game and named it anything else, uh, what are your top like two or three? It, like, let's say they could like wave a magic wand and fix some shit in beta. Um, what are your top maybe two or three things that you really think it, this thing that needs to be fixed and how would you do it uh, before it goes live launch? Um, okay. Yeah, sure. So like I think the performance and usability of the menus and stuff needs to be tuned, uh, streamlined um, just to make the, the flow a little bit better, less time spent fighting with it. I would probably, and I'm not sure how they would do it, but I would probably introduce some sort of, NPCs other than robots and, and terminals. I think the world feels a little too empty. Um, it's it's like I said, it's it's a huge world, which is great, but it still feels a little too empty. Either that, or increase the player count to a point where it really does feel like there's a lot of people out there, and it's a it's a populated world rather than a, a really really thinly sparse world. Um, and I guess on top of that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it's performance, streamline the, the menus and systems, and um, yeah, put more stuff in the world that's interactive and less just open space with, with stuff to loot, you know? Okay, no, I mean, that's fair enough. I, I was very eager to, to kind of hear your take on it. I mean, I've, I've watched a couple of videos here uh, recently about it because I'm, I'm not in the beta. And uh, I it's definitely getting... You know some mixed kind of lukewarm reviews and so it's kind of kind of interested in your take on it and a lot of what you're saying definitely definitely echoes the common things that i'm hearing in terms of some of the good things or the potential and uh definitely some things that they wish would would get fixed yeah and i think that bethesda will probably do a pretty good job at supporting it it's just if i'm going to drop 60 bucks on the game i don't 
want to do so just to feel like I have to play because I bought it and then be stuck with a really buggy, clunky mess. You know, I'd rather give them some time to kind of sort things out. So when I do pick it up, um, I feel like it's a little more a little more finished. You know, um, I, I think it'll get there. It's just it's not there yet. And uh, just give them some time. That's kind of where I'm at. Sounds fair. Okay. Um, so the last thing that I had was kind of the monthly freebies. If you are a PlayStation Plus or Xbox Gold subscriber, so if you have PlayStation Plus for the month of November on PlayStation Four, you get Bulletstorm Full Clip Edition. That is a really fun game. Um, it's kind of this over-the-top trick shooter. Um, it, it's hard to describe. I'd rather just watch a video to kind of show you what it's all about. But it's all about kind of running through a level and mulching through the PVE enemies in the most creative way possible to get a very high score. Um, it sounds simple, but it's, it's got a lot of charm to it. Um, I would definitely kind of, kind of keep an eye on it and it's free. So definitely worth kind of giving a shot if that's your sort of thing. Um, there's also Yakuza, Ki- uh, shit, Kiwami um, and PS4 from, uh, for November. If you're on PS3, there's Jackbox Party Pack 2 in Arcado series. And then if you're on the Vita, there is Burly Men at Sea and Roundabout. And if you're on Xbox One for the month of November, for Battlefield One is going to be available on November 1st through the 30th. There's also Race for the Sun, which is November 16th through December 15th. And then on Xbox 360, there's Assassin's Creed, the first one, uh, November 1st through the 15th, and then Dante's Inferno, November 16th through the 30th. So, good stuff on there. Did you guys have any other topics we wanted to cover before we wrap this one up? Nope, good on my side. No, I'm not really tracking a lot right now, other than, I mean, the BlizzCon ultimately is really the the most significant news that we had probably really going. Um, yeah, I, I, I would say that's, that's probably about it for the evening. Okay, good stuff. All right, I will start off. Um, I will give my shout-out to a person on Destiny 2 by the name of Fishstix. Um, we encountered him uh, several weeks ago, me, Livy, Jay, and uh, Jay's son, and uh, we found him again today, and Livy and I beat the hell out of him in Crucible. It was a lot of fun. But shout out to Fishstix. It was good to see him again. All right, Jay, you are up. Uh, tough to follow that one. Um, I'd say uh, shout out to Safe Gamers. It's a, it's basically a clans, like clans are not even the right word. It's, it's an online organization. Uh, they pair with several different clans and they do, uh, they provide an environment that is very, very open and safe for kids and, and pretty much anybody that gets involved, hence the term safe gamers. They actually do a bit of a background, like not a full background check on you, but they, they do check you out before they allow you to even join Discord. And the idea is that it's generally uh, a pretty safe place for like if you have kids, like, you know, like 13 and up. That's what most of the online agreements and EULAs read uh, if you actually like get into that stuff on, on your console or your PC. Um, it's a safe place for, for them to play and, and generally not be... Uh, harassed or experienced like, you know, kind of questionable behavior, uh, much less nefarious behavior. They do a pretty good job of policing that. So I actually played with uh, some of their folks and that's how I got the, uh, and, and actually finished up the Malfeasance quest. And and there's some really, really talented raiders. They do a lot of Sherpa work and they do a lot of raiding, like particularly Destiny, but they have a, a, several other games to get involved in. 
really good group of guys, uh, guys and gals, actually. They got a very strong female contingent. So they provide a, a good, safe environment for uh, younger players, uh, pretty much any you know, race, creed, color, gender, whatever. They're extremely open and they're, and they're pretty quick to, uh, you know, you know, solve out any issues that uh, where somebody doesn't feel welcome. And, and the cool thing is they are not the, the fun police. They're not the PC police. They're just, they just have a very strict set of rules on, on how you operate. If you don't want to want to operate in theirs, there's literally no animosity. Nobody throws you know, digital poo at you or anything. You're just like, hey, you know, hey, step out of the game if you want to, if you're going to talk like that, or uh, you, you know, worst case, please go join somewhere else. Uh, so, shout out to the Safe Gamers uh, clan, you know, particularly Destiny Two, but like a lot of other game offerings. That's actually really cool. I had never heard of them, but that's that's a fantastic idea for people that want to get their kids involved in in the community stuff, but don't or are a little worried about some of the stuff they can run to. That's that's really cool. That's good. All right, Libby, you're up. Jeez, those are really those are two good ones. Um, my shout out goes to my stepsister who actually had uh, one of her first tournaments for Soul Calibur Six, I believe it was, and she was second out of thirty three. And she continuously kicks my brother's ass, which is amazing. So I, I know we're all related uh, because. Hey, all right, all right, Libby, what does she mean? What'd you say? What what character she mean? I'll have to ask her. I try not to get too. Don't, I don't know. Don't tell me she's going with some kind of bourgeois shit with, like, Geralt, right? I think she uses Kilik. I think Kilik's her okay. main. Just because she has a crush on him. All right. Like, I, 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 I was a Soul Calibur voodoo ninja back in the arcade game days. Like, like actually putting a metal disc into the machine to make it play. Like, I was deadly. I, now I would probably get just absolutely, like, face curb stomped. Pretty, pretty much. I stopped. I stopped playing after college. Yeah, we we learned it's more fun to play with the people next to you, not online, where you get absolutely destroyed. Like, oh my god! Like, I'll, you know, I'll play the bots and feel good about myself. Thank you. Actually, on that note, uh, I do want to say kind of a cool thing they're doing for their season pass is they're bringing in Two uh, B from Near Automata as a playable character in Soul Calibur Six. Oh, which really? Is, yeah, like it. it looks pretty legit. Yeah, and I was I was pretty hyped for that. I was it's kind of a bummer that it's, it's behind the the season pass you got to pay for, but I was like, ooh, god, it's a good way to get me to buy it because it looks real nice. That, that hey, was a cool move on their part. Interesting. The last time I played Soul Calibur, Darth Vader was the special character. I think shit. I don't know the last time I played too because I think we that was Soul Calibur four, right? Or was that five? It was five. I think it was five. Yeah. The five one was the was it the character creation? No, it, it was four. Cause no, we, we didn't play five. Four. This is six. You're right. Yeah, no, I I didn't play five because they took out my favorite character. So the last one I played was four, but uh, six they I'll brought be, him back. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I used to kind of be big into the fighting game scene. I've, I've definitely dropped off of it. Um, the and just I, I don't I don't know if Bait is like a fighting game guy. I don't think he is, but. It's definitely it's definitely a different crowd. This definitely's got its own sort of vibe to it. And you got to really be into that that kind of scene. But there are some pretty good fighting games out there. Like I'm I'm interested to see how good Soul Calibur really is because I have fond fond memories of that game from way back. Um, but I, I got to tell you, like it's really hard to beat like Injustice Two and Mortal Kombat, like you know whatever the latest year of Mortal Kombat is. Like I I just absolutely can't stand any of the Capcom stuff. I just I never have liked it. Uh, 
but there, there's pretty good ones out there. No, absolutely. I, I agree. I'm, I've, I've played them tangentially. I, I mostly like the character creator, big surprise. Um, so I'm by no means very good at the game, but they are a lot of fun to play with, with friends. We'll probably get six at some point and, and give it a shot, but uh, yeah, no, it looks, it looks pretty good. All right, guys, and that is our show. I want to thank you for joining in. Uh, if you want to be on the show, you want to talk about anything in particular, if you want us to talk about something, do hit us up on biomass.com. There is a contact tab. You can get a hold of us, and we will be more than happy to accommodate you. But that being said, have a good week, and we'll see you next time. Bye.